Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Give me two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Palazzo Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour. I'm here with Phil Goyette, as always. Phil of Sports on Twitter, P-H-I-L of Sports. And today we're back with a special guest who's been here before. He's becoming somewhat of a regular. Very busy in the Palazzo Podcast Discord, which is free and available. If you want to hear some quality stuff about life in general, Benjamin Chase is in the zone over there. He is openly <laughs> discussing many things. He's You're throwing out sermons in on life, and I'm really digging it. So thanks for being here. Hey, no, I, I am actually, you know, I'm I'm a lay minister as well, so you know we could literally get into sermons as well. So you know that's a whole other issue, but we'll we'll leave that for a whole other deal. <laughs> oh, okay, I did not know that. Uh, make sure you follow everybody here. Like I said, follow Ben on Twitter. It's Big Gentle Ben. Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Very easy, not complicated. Ben knows a lot about amateur scouting. Uh, he does. Well, you have done a lot of great work with video scouting, and there's so much to learn from you. So I'm grateful that you're here. I'm at MJ Govier on Twitter. Plausible Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs. Like I said, the Discord is free. Get in there. we got a really, really great community. And I'm not just saying that. People say things like, oh, it's true. It's all true. But we've got so many people constantly sharing ideas about what to do with your fantasy teams or trades and prospects and all this stuff. So... Big fan of what we're doing right now in the Discord. We're really gaining a lot of momentum. So if you want to be a part of that, go to the Twitter feed. It's at the top of the page. There's a Patreon link, and there's a Discord link, which is free. So it's a half hour or less. We try to do the show. we got to get right into it. Nine prospects outside of the top 100. Who wants to go first? Uh, how are we going to do this, Phil? What, what do you think? What's the order of business? Let's work off Ben's list of guys, and then I'll throw my uh, two cents in with the numbers I've ran. I will say, I just have one guy I'll, I'll kick things off with, though, because he did break my ERA estimator with a negative estimated ERA. Wilmer Flores, not that Wilmer Flores, the other Wilmer Flores of the Detroit Tigers, who I believe came up on the preseason potential next big three, uh, is going bananas at high A. So Tigers fans, give Wilmer a watch. And I believe it's Wilmer Flores is, that plays for the Giants' cousin. If I'm correct, or brother, it's, they are related. They are related. It's one of those things where everyone in the family has the same name. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think there's like Wanders Franco, George and there's Foreman. Ruben, yeah, Odors. You know, there's there's yeah. names <laughs> like that that you find around in the league. But yeah, 
Yeah, I think Ben That's cleared that up for us too, because Wilmer came up in the Discord the other day, and people were like, "Yeah, all the names of there's so many prospects." We have similar names, same names, and that's a fun game we could play. But Wilmer Flores of the Tigers, keep an eye on him. Breaking your ER estimator, that's that's got to be a good thing. I don't care what ends up happening. Well, it's bad negative. for the estimator. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, uh, so let's go. Nine prospects outside the top 100. Let's start from nine to one. Just get it going. Who's number nine? Well, I, I, I broke this up by, by league, and I did one hitter and one pitcher. Um and then I just happened to have, there were two guys on one particular team, so ended up with nine instead of eight. Um, but I'll tell you, two orgs could have dominated both, and that is the Pirates and the Cardinals. Um, and so I'll start with uh, Cal Mitchell in AAA with Indianapolis, just because if you're a fantasy owner and you're looking for a guy who might get some time this year. Cal Mitchell was a big-time prospect when he got drafted, coming out of high school. Um, and he's finally starting to live up to some of that hype that he had. He he and – well, and Garrett Mitchell and Cal Mitchell were kind of guys that folks mistaken for each other coming out of high school just because they were both really big-time high school athletic prospects and – then Garrett went on to college. Cal got drafted and went on to the pros. And he's just kind of been good, but never really exploded yet. Well, now he gets to AAA, and he's starting to actually – he's doing the things. You know, he's not striking out. 12.9% strikeout rate is what I had as of when I wrote the article that I put out last week. And he's really not changed that much at all. I mean, he's, he's striking out at a very low rate. But he's also showing power, he's showing speed, and he plays a really good defense that could work at all three outfield spots. So, and we're talking the Pirates here. The Pirates are going to have open spots um, as the season goes on. So a guy who's in AAA, who's showing out, you know, I don't know if Brian Reynolds is good to be there all season. He might be. He's that type of guy that if you're the Pirates, you want to build a foundation around good guys like that. But he's also a guy who'd be very, very valuable come mid-season too so you know there's there's a potential for outfield openings in pittsburgh that's a guy to keep an eye on and really i could have had a pittsburgh hitter at every single level on this they have that many type of that many guys that are just kind of busting out that were off of the top 100 and really solid plays or solid guys that you could look at here but He's the one that I happened to highlight just because I felt like he's close. He's going to be someone people should really be paying attention to. So. Any retort, Phil? <laughs> no, I, I dig him. I've got the ex-WOBA estimator at 370, which is excellent. Um, part hey, what's his name, Phil? Cal Mitchell. There you go. Uh, it, we get uh, the bad habit sometimes. We start saying like yeah. him and he, and then people jump in. They're like, "Who are we talking about?" So yeah. I do yeah. it all the time too. So I try to like always say the the player's name if I can. And I have Cal Mitchell's estimated barrel rate at nine point nine percent, which is good. I mean, that's plenty of pop for big league level. I don't know that he's going to be a um, huge home run guy, but he could be a twenty twenty type guy, which is great yeah. for fantasy. And one thing I was just looking too, he hasn't been caught stealing yet this year. Um, he's five for five in stolen base attempts. So it looks like that part of his game's progressing as well. So like Ben said, it actually looks like a lot 
of the parts are coming together so far early on uh, for Cal with the Indianapolis Indians. Great uh, minor league team, great stadium there in, in Indianapolis. Are they the Indians or the Guardians now? <laughs> no, they're oh. still the Indians. Yeah, they should still be. Yeah. <laughs> they still get to keep. They still have that. And I think they're actually there's one action. Theirs goes back to Indiana. Ah, they actually they actually relate that. That's how they've kept it because that's there was a movement a while back to change it because of that relation, and they said no, it's because we're Indiana, so we call it the Indians, which. Yeah, anyway, we'll just leave that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop right there. That's fine. There. Yeah, um, I got no beef with that. So the, the next one I'll go after is my Cardinals guy that I highlighted, which I know Phil's a fan of, um, and that's Mason Wynn. Um, oh, well, yeah. I could have highlighted probably a half dozen Cardinals guys as well, but Mason Wynn is he's the type of guy who they've had a number of guys in coming out of high school recently that have been, could have been drafted as a pitcher, could have been drafted as a hitter, probably would have been at least a second rounder as either. And Mason Wynn went to the Cardinals, which frankly, a guy like that goes to the Cardinals. You start to go, oh crap, he's going to turn into a stud um, just because that's what they do. Um, and they made him into a hitter only. And most scouts, most folks said, he's probably going to take a while. But when it all clicks, he's going to be really good. Okay, that makes sense. Everyone kind of figured, well, give him two, three years, and then it'll click. And it's already clicking. <laughs> and, I mean, all the things you kind of thought, well, he's probably going to be a guy who'll hit a lot of balls into the dirt. No, well, ground ball rate is like halved almost this year. Yeah. Just yeah. ridiculous how quickly that – he was a 50% ground ball guy. He's now down to 35 when I wrote this article, when I was looking at it the other day, it was down to 33. So, I mean, a guy who went from half to a third of his balls going into the ground, that's remarkable in a year to just do that. And then strikeout rate has basically gone down by half as well. It went from 26, and then when I rechecked on this article over the weekend, it was down to 13. I had it down to 14 when I wrote the article, but it's down to 13 when I checked this weekend. Uh, I did see that he had either a three or a four K day on uh, on Sunday after I had checked it, so I can't. It may be up a little bit from when I actually checked it that last time, but still, regardless, it's not up to twenty six percent. And he's not a power hitter; he's not going to hit for twenty five home runs. But he's that type of guy who's going to be. I mean, think offensively like an Adam Kennedy, if you want to think like. A <laughs> school Cardinals, a guy that will give you 10, 15 home runs, who's going to steal you 20 bases, probably going to do a lot of really nice things offensively and play really good defense. That's the one thing. Like he, that's always been there. And, of course, the kid could throw upper 90s off the mound, so he's got the arm. And that's – I mean, he's just that type of a player. And coming up through the Cardinal system, they're not going to push him if he's not ready. But he's – I, it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't bounce up. He's at high A right now. You know, that next step to double A is a big step. So they're probably not going to push that too early. But it wouldn't surprise me after all-star games for minor leagues in, you know, mid to late June, if he doesn't get a bump up to double A. Yeah. Man, really he's got... That would be fast. For, yeah. for a high school draft D in 2020 to hit double A, 
yeah. that early, that would be a really quick mover. So I see, yeah. I was just looking at his first pro experience in 2021. They sent him right to the Florida State League, uh, to low A. They, they didn't even send him to the complex or anything. So like Ben said, you can tell what the org thinks about him. And the Cardinals, like Ben said, are an org that'll push somebody if he's not ready to be pushed. And they're pushing win, so he's ready to be pushed. I would say. And then he's yeah. I'm looking, he's he's forty three for forty eight in stolen base attempts in his minor league career so far. He's only played one hundred sixteen games. He's a ridiculous athlete. Yeah. That's the, yeah, yeah. Great first Mason, stop. Yeah. yeah. Mason win. Okay, that's exciting. I, he also looks like a guy who he had a brief struggle. His plate discipline went down a great deal, and then it bounced right back up after he made the adjustment. So. This, you like to see that bounce back too, right? That's a good thing to look for the adjustments that are made maybe a little bit more yeah. quicker than other prospects, Ben. Yeah, and that's, you know, for young guys coming out of high school, you're going to have some of that. I'm adjusting to pro pitching. I've never seen a ball break like that. I've never seen a fastball. Even if it's maybe I've seen 98 before. Usually if I've seen 98 in high school, it's a guy who throws 98 that looks like a dart throw. You know, it's not a guy who throws 98 that can just keep rising or 98 that sinks like it's coming off table. Seeing 98 that can move is a whole new experience for most high school kids in their first pro experience. So that first adjustment, and they did, they sent him straight into full season ball and said, here's some guys coming straight out of college that you're now going to have to play. Good luck. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, he actually, I mean, he handled some of it, you know, and yeah, 26% strikeout rate. While that's, significantly higher than what he's doing now even then that's not horrible that's i mean for today's game you know you get uh, red flags go off when a guy's at 30 percent, but 25 26 percent for a first time through the minor leagues for a high school bat that doesn't raise a ton of red flags it's just that one of those where he wasn't giving you much else and he was striking out at that rate and putting the ball on the ground 50% of the time. So you kind of went, yeah, there's still some development here, but you figured that would be a little more incremental than <laughs> what it has been. It really exploded up. So, yep. Okay. Mason win. Good times. All right, who's next here on the Plausible Podcast Prospects Power Half Hour? So I was going to mention, there are three guys on here Minor League Baseball just released today their April Players of the Month, and three of the guys that I mentioned earned that honor, which is kind of cool. I thought that was kind of a neat deal. Um, well played. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, all three of them happen to be pitchers, um, but the one arm, I mean, I could highlight my, you know, my team, the highlighter Braves arm, but actually the arm that I think is you might actually see this year is Brandon Walter who's with Portland uh, in the Red Sox system. He's at double A and lefty. He was coming out of college. He had just had Tommy John surgery uh, before, you know, early on in his college career was still rehabbing, got drafted. What was 20? I'm looking at my own right up here. 26th round in the 2019 draft. So then when Mm. the pandemic season hits, he worked hard and went to a velocity place, worked on a lot on his delivery and all sorts of things. He's come back. He's throwing a lot harder than he ever did. I mean, he's he used to be a low 90s guy. Now he's throwing mid, and it's hard sink from the left side. And he's got 
kind of one of those those sweeping sliders that everyone's throwing now. You know, rather than the hard sharp slider, everyone's throwing that kind of the sweeping. Andrew Miller, the Andrew Miller sweeping slider that everyone oh, yeah. likes. And he's got a he's got a you know it's not an amazing changeup, but he knows how to put it in there. And the combination from the left side really works well. And up until I think his last start, he actually had a negative FIP. So, I mean, that that's the type of season that this guy has had. He has just been sharp every time out, good control. And he's he's tacking on innings, not, not going nine every time out, but he's getting six a lot of times out every time. And, and I mean, that's impressive as you're going along with major league teams that can't, you know, they're, they had a shortened spring training. They're looking for arms a lot of times. I don't, I don't, he's not on the 40 man, but you know, the Red Sox are, they might be looking for arms as the season wears on. And especially a guy from the left side, you know, who knows if Chris Sale might ever actually, you know, see the light of day in Boston again, but you know, that's, that's another Aww. sad story for all of us who once owned Chris Sale, you know, or so <clears throat> um, but, uh, <laughs> Brandon Walter might be a guy that steps onto that rotation at some point this year. Wow. Okay. Brandon Walter. Yeah. He also plays for the Portland Sea Dogs. We have one of the coolest logos. That's always one of my favorite minor league affiliates. Solid. Yeah. The Sea Dogs, man. Uh, Okay. So who are these other? I've got got Walter 10th in all minor leagues by my ERA estimator. 10th best. Hmm. 152. ERA estimate. It just uses strikeout rate, walk rate, and ground ball rate. So he's not a guy I've looked at, but he's top ten and that performance. Looks like he throws a lot of strikes, gets a lot of swinging strikes too. So great pick, I would say. Interesting. Who are the other two, uh, Ben? That are the players of the month. Uh, the both. They're both uh, the next two down pitchers, um, Brandon Oltoff. Oh. Um, who's in the Angels organization. He's kind of, I'd say he's probably on his way to be a really a reliever. If I could talk, that'd be great. Um, throws kind of a Frisbee slider that's might even be a plus-plus slider. It's ridiculous. It's really, really hard to pick up. It's really, really hard to, to get good quality wood on his slider. And he throws it like 65% of the time. Because he throws like ninety <laughs> with his fastball, and so he's he's probably and he doesn't really seem to have a good third pitch with that. That said, he pounds the zone, so I mean he doesn't walk anybody. He throws that slider, and nobody can hit it. For you know, can't they don't seem to generate any home runs out of it. He gets a lot of ground balls out of it. So I mean, it's you could be talking about a guy who really works well as a multi-inning option in the, in the bullpen. You go through a lineup, you know, or go through, you know, go through a lineup once or go through, you know, seven, eight hitters in the middle of the game and eat up some innings. That'd be a huge role for a lot of teams. And there's a lot of value in that. And he was, you know, 19th round or something like that. I mean, he was in the middle of their, you know, the Angels drafted nothing but pitching last summer, and this is a guy that could end up stepping up for them out of the middle of that draft, which would be a big value for them. Um, and last but not least is Roy Bersalinas of Augusta. 
uh, in the Brave system. And he is the minor league strikeout leader right now by 15 over the next closest guy. Um, he's got, I think, 52 strikeouts right now. Um, really has had an impressive year. He's come out, he's touched, touched triple digits. Um, really, really impressive slider. And that's about it. <laughs> I mean, he's got... <laughs> can throw a curve you can throw a change but that's you know those are they're there but um he's for me watching him and even as a braves guy i'm kind of worried about long term as far as he's a guy who's i think six two or six three and he's not let's say he's filled out and not all of it is good filling out um, he's filled out a little like I filled out after I, uh, after he's I started. a pitcher. You can, get away, you can get away with that if you're a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, and he reminds me a lot of, uh, a Braves prospect, Jaseel De La Cruz, who a I number of the real deal, De La Cruz. Yeah. He was, he was a big time guy who could throw up to the midnight or up to the upper nineties with a really good slider and was working on a change and just jumped up a whole bunch of levels in 2019. And then when he lost 2020, he just couldn't locate the crap out of the ball anymore. And Salinas, that's his biggest thing is he struggles with control. The first like three, four starts of the year, I think he only had two or three walks. And now the last two, he's had at least three both starts. Mm. Now, granted one of those starts, he still struck out like 12 or 13, but you know, that's that little bugaboo has come back the last two starts that he's walked at least three, both of those starts. And so it's something to watch out for in his profile, but so far he's avoided trouble with it. It's just when you're relying primarily on a fastball slider in single A, that works, but eventually you got to move up the system. And how is that going to work as a starter going through the lineup more than once. Yeah, it's it's just going to be a thing to watch with him. But, yeah, right now there's nobody within a dozen of him within as far as minor leagues and strikeouts. So he's he's been impressive. Yeah, this, so his strike throwing is a little below average. I've got him at this year, 62% strikes, uh, which is a little bit below major minor league average. Um, and then his swinging strike rate is well above. Z score yeah. if it's almost three, so it's almost like three standard deviations above average. He's just killing people. Roybert Salinas, killing it. Watch out for him. Uh, you know, by the way, a side note on the Angels prospect we mentioned earlier, uh, Braden Oltoff. There was two other Angels that were also players of the month in Double A for the best name, and I love the Portland Sea Dogs, but by far yes. the Rocket City Trash Pandas. <laughs> The Rocket City Trash Band is in double-A. That is the best name in minor leagues from now on for me. And they had two minor league players on the month. So the Angels, maybe the Angels actually have some potential brewing here. I mean, their farm system has been so bad for so long, but yeah, maybe things are looking up. And they, have they needed one of the, the pitching. Yeah, they needed the pitching. But that one yeah. of theirs was, a, a, was Trey Cabbage, who was the minor league free yeah. agent. And he's got a great beard. <laughs> I love Trey Cabbage's beard. Great so, cabbage. 
Yes, there you uh, go. <laughs> and a really quick side question here, because you're here. Uh, Larry Cardarso wants to know, what's up, Larry? Good to see you here. Larry's been a big part of the Plotso recently. It's glad to have you aboard. Who do you have ranked higher in the Giants farm system? Luis Matos or Helio Ramos? Ram- Romas. Ramos. Um, I would personally put Ramos higher right now. Oh. Mainly because... You're going to see him. I mean, you have seen him this year already in the majors. Um, defense is there already at a major league level, and he's got pro level power, which is, you know, you've got a carrying pro tool. You're already major league ready. For me, if I'm ranking a guy, especially if I'm looking at, you know, if I'm looking dynasty level, there's a guy who's already got something that's going to put him in the majors and he's already found his way to the majors with a tool that is worthy of being in the majors. To me, that's a higher level guy to have. Now, if I'm in a rebuilding situation, I'm probably holding on to Matos over, over Ramos because there is more, more ceiling there. But Ramos right now is, I mean, he's got, and he's got some ceiling still, but for right now, for sure, he's got the, you know, he's got a major league carrying tool. He's in the majors or been in the majors this year already. That's who I would have higher right now. There you go. That's what's going on between Luis Matos and Helio Ramos. Uh, fun times with the Giants. They get the most out of all their players. It's incredible. All right. Who else we got on the list, Ben? Who's next? Well, of course, I. I will jump in. It's it's Elliot Ramos. Elliot. I always say his name wrong. Oh, is it Elliot? Uh, yeah, Roger Munter always corrects me on this when I go on. I, I never heard it out loud. But what so, Roger said about Ramos is uh, he's a very Giants prospect because he can play all three outfield positions. And uh, I forget which side he swings from, but he's also got like a pretty significant. He's a righty. Uh, with a pretty big platoon split, so he's already that can hit lefties. So they like to use guys like that, as we've seen. So I have. Let's see. I can go. Well, I can go with one that we talked about when I was on here talking Twins, and that's Emmanuel Rodriguez. Yeah, I saw and him on that list, and yeah, yeah, that was the team that I had to to mention, and they're it's really because they basically were back-to-back on the single-A leaderboard for WRC+. Um, He and Kyler Fedko is his teammate, and they were back-to-back on that leaderboard, and they're just about as completely opposite as you can figure (laughs) on two teammates being as far as players coming into the season. I mean, Rodriguez is the guy who was a high-end international signing that folks are, you know, even though he wasn't a top 100 guy, most people in the twin system knew exactly who he was. And then you get Fedco, who's, I think, I want to say he was like a 10th or 12th or 15th round draft pick, but probably a college sign. And most folks said, if he's going to have any chance as a pro, it's going to be because he is hitting the ever living stuffing out of a ball because he doesn't have any chance of playing defense anywhere. Um, and so you have these two opposite-ended guys, and they're both producing right now for Fort Myers. And so I kind of thought, you know, they kind of make a good pairing to put together. Um, and they are. They're both just really – and 
Florida State League is not a great place to hit the ball. And so for both of them to be hitting the way that they have been has been really impressive um, because they've both shown good patience. In fact, I think Rodriguez so far, I want to say he's he's still sporting a 20-plus percent walk rate, which has yeah. really been impressive. Now, yeah, he struck out, I think, upper 20s to maybe even 30%. Um, but he's, you know, he's showing some power. He's showing a little speed. He's playing a heck of a center field, which I'll tell you guys, he's not a guy who has plus speed. It's he has such a feel for the game that he knows when to use, when to turn on what he does have for speed. And it's really impressive to watch him play the game just because you're watching a guy who just has such a natural feel for the game that he knows when to turn it on and can handle center field without that elite speed, which is something to watch already, you know? And so, but that's, I, I, he's seeing, seeing over four pitches per plate appearance so far this season. He's got 18 walks already. (laughs) If you're a teen, if you're a teenager playing full season ball already, and you're seeing that many pitches, that pitchers are having a hard time dealing with him, I think, is probably part of it. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he's not – that was one thing that I know they mentioned in, I don't know if it was fall instructs or early on in spring training this year, but in the offseason they were talking about how the Twins pitchers, minor league pitchers, were getting sick of facing him because <laughs> they did not – he just kept fouling stuff off. a pain off. in the ass. Yeah, yeah. right. He would foul stuff off, and he would watch for his, and then he would just—he wouldn't necessarily hit a home run, but he would just—he would foul off until he got his his pitch, and then he would attack it. But it was just he would just keep spoiling stuff until he got his pitch, which that's this was your this was your Kirby Puckett comp, right? Yes, Manual. Yes, yeah, and and he may never he may never hit three thirty like Kirby did. Well, sure, yeah, but it's just that feel for the game. And Kirby always yeah. had this amazing feel for the game, and he happened to also have a feel for the game with the bat, too, that Rodriguez may not have. But like I said, Kirby played center for a long time after he had, didn't have legs to play center. Mm-hmm. And that's they've said the same thing about Rodriguez, that he has a lot of feel for the game. He kind of knows when there's a big moment, because they're talking about when uh, uh, Yohan Duran went down and was pitching to him. And he's launching hundred mile an hour sinkers and he's just kind of, just kind of spitting on it, spitting on it. And he got Duran to finally throw him a slider and he launched it. So, I mean, it's just, you, you know, kind of knowing when he's going to get the right pitch to play with, but I mean, just that feel for, okay, we're, I got to know what I'm doing. And that's, you know, that's that understanding and at 19, which that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. And Duran is uh, maybe the closer soon. You know, yeah, so he's, he's got very well could legitimate be, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Know your role and shut your mouth. That's what I learned a long time ago. Uh, okay, so we're that's a callback. We're uh, at a half hour here. So uh, how many more we got to go, Ben? Uh, what do you want to do here? What's who's next? Do you want to re- you want to save some, or you want to just give us a kind of a teaser of the last couple guys? Um, I mean. Really, we don't have to hit all of them. I think, what do we got? We just got just two of them left, so I can just kind of go over two of them, those two quick. Um, John okay. Easley is uh, the AAA pitcher I mentioned. He's with the Royal System. Royal. He made his Major League debut last year uh, just for a couple of games. 
Royals have a crap ton of pitchers that are all right at the major league level. But one of the things for Easley that he really struggled with when he got to the majors last year was he was allowing the ball to get up in the air. He's got a really good sinker. And when he keeps that thing on the ground, he's doing well. And when he's really doing it well, it's you can tell because guys aren't pulling it because he doesn't have elite velocity. And right now he's getting about almost 40% of his balls are going opposite field. That's kind of telling you guys aren't picking that thing up right out of the hand just well. And so that's what stuck out to me. Um, the last one is Jacob Amaya in the Dodgers system. He is going to be their next pick your name, Max Muncie, you know, whoever you want to pick that nobody ever knew about comes up in their system and is going to hit 20 something stinking home runs. It's kind of ridiculous because he is, he's a high school kid that's worked up their system over the years and always played good defense around the infield, always had above average raw power and high intelligence, really, you know, good baseball skill type of kid. And it's all come together this year on the field. And now he's looking like he could be a 20 home run type of kid maybe 15, but still 15, 20 home runs, steal your double-digit bases, but more importantly, play all over the field, which the Dodgers know what to do with a guy that can play all over the field. They'll get him a lot of playing time. And so you're talking about someone who really fits into their type of system. That's just kind of that. The thing the Dodgers seem to always be able to do, that's when you have that kind of money and you can produce guys like that, it's just it's an amazing combination to have within your your organization. So. Hmm. Okay. Jacob Amaya, like a Chris Taylor type or. That, that wouldn't be a bad better. comp. I think Amaya might be more. Maybe a better glove. Better glove and probably more, more average, less home runs than yeah, Taylor. Yeah. If you want to go, but probably comparable as far as steals. So if you want to say, you. you know, Taylor gets about 10, 15 steals, you know, he, he, Taylor often gets, gets you a double digit steals, but he can also probably get you 25. Whereas Amaya might top out at 20, which, so. Okay. Uh, Right. Real real quickly. Want to sneak this in. Helmut Cormalis is one of our, he's always here. He loves the prospect show. What's up, Helmut? Great job, guys. Out of time. Please discuss Estuary. I don't know. I'm going to blow it. Estuary Ruiz in San Diego. Could we talk about Estuary Ruiz real quickly? He was actually my player of the day today on my on my daily notes from around the league. He's oh a 23-year-old guy from San Diego, and he was signed really young. So they had to add him to their 40 when he was still in like low A at the it was called low A at the time. Now it's single A, but you know, the he hadn't even hit high A yet, and they had to add him to the 40-man roster. And so He's been on the 40 for a while, but ridiculous speed, definite plus-plus speed. Issue is probably not a shortstop glove. They've tried him in second. They've tried him in center. He can pass there, but probably not a guy who's going to ever win a gold glove at either one of those spots. But he does have, the way I described it in my write-up today, is he kind of has loose power. 
in his, you know, he's got, he's six foot and 170 pounds. But he has, you know, he just kind of has this, I mean, a good, good comparison or a good idea of what I call loose power is when Ozzy Albies really gets a hold of one, that's what loose power to me looks like. It's a small frame guy who just, he sees it and he just cranks everything in his entire body into it. And so it's a, you got to crank everything into it. And then it's, you know, you, you, you unwind after that. That's what I call the loose power part of it is you end up like you're walking to first base. Like you just unwound a rubber band because you did, you just had to put everything in to actually hit the ball out, but he can really drive a ball. You know, I, I like Ruiz a lot, but he's still at double a and he's 23. I just, I don't know what the Padres plans are for him. So I'll turn over the guy who's got a Padres cap on, though. That's true, he does. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if he could be kind of like what I thought Tucupita might be for them, which is a guy who gets on base a lot. Uh, I guess maybe Tucupita's got maybe a better glove. I think Tucupita could have played second, third, maybe yeah. short in a real pinch. Um, but then Tucupita might not be as fast as Estiuri, too, so that's a, that's maybe a trade-off. Estiuri's raging so far this year in Double A. Mm-hmm. Ops is over 1,200. I will say his BABIP is 424, so you got to take that into account. That's going to make every number look better when you're looking at the triple slash. So that will come down. Uh, he might be a guy that can BABIP over 300, but obviously not 400. So, Okay. Well said, guys. Well said. Helmut, thanks you, as always. Helmut, always great to have you aboard. Next week, we'll do the show again, uh, and we'll have Ben on again. Ben has been a regular contributor in our discord if you want to talk with ben in the discord he seems to be available and uh, he's been very cool about that so come on by the discord for free the link is at the twitter handle the plausible podcast two l's two z's give me two that's where you can find it uh ben what else do people know about you talk about your daily write-ups where else can they find stuff that you are doing that is related to prospects uh right now i'm i'm writing just on my own site just kind of because i like to write about baseball so i keep my site open and i write the I go through every box score in minor league baseball every night and I find the guys who've had, who've been on base three times or who've put together a pretty solid pitching line. And I pick out a top hitter and a top pitcher of the day. And so I put that out every single day and that's just kind of allows me to keep watching the game. So that's, that's, so what's the website then? It's videobaseballscout.com. Okay, videobaseballscout.com. I'm lazy as far as I've not linked up all the daily notes right now. I need to do better on that. So the best way to find them is going to my Twitter, and you can go back in my history and find where I've posted all of them because they. I need to get better at putting them onto the daily notes page and all that good stuff because I need a new webmaster, but, you know, seeing as, you know, I write it for free, I can't really afford to, you know, pay for you know, me to put them on either. So, you know, <laughs> welcome to the, welcome to the club. Yeah. We're all there. We understand. Ben. It's okay. Uh, yeah. you know, we're trying to do the best we can with what we got each and every day. And uh, what you got though, your information in that noggin of yours is elite. It's really good stuff. And uh, I'm so yeah. glad that Phil, you know, I would not know you without Phil. So Phil, thanks for bringing Ben into the fold here. 
That's all because of you. I want to make sure everyone gets their credit and proper due. <laughs> Follow Ben on Twitter, Big Gentle Ben. Big Gentle Ben on Twitter. Phil of Sports, P H I L of Sports. Phil Goey at MJ Govier, G O V is a Victor I E R on Twitter. Also, Podcast 2Ls, 2Zs. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks again for contributing to the live chat, and we'll catch you guys later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big